Welcome to the DLP Clubhouse, your compass to the wonderful world of DLP. I'm Leisha. And I'm Andrea. And welcome back. Today we'll be talking about Disneyland Paris's Discoveryland, which I think is the most mysterious out of the DLP lands. So let's start. Okay, so Discoveryland is Disneyland Paris's version of Tomorrowland, realized with an entirely different concept. The basic principles of Discoveryland were, first of all, to put an end to need to regularly update its themes as in the other Tomorrowlands. For example, this is an issue that Disneyland has had for quite a while where all everything that's in Tomorrowland is supposed to be the technology of today and the future. But as we know with technology, technology moves very fast. So it becomes quickly obsolete. And the way that Disneyland Paris is, comes about this problem is presenting all the dreams of the future rather than the technologies that became obsolete. Uh, The other was to bring American futuristic ideas close to the European sources, namely the great inventors, explorers and visionaries from Europe. Mm -hmm. European culture was used distinctively in the park and discovery lands. It uses the ideas of Uh, famed European visionaries and explorers such as Leonardo da Vinci or H.G. Wells with uh, Jules Verne featured most prominently. This land was also heavily inspired by the abandoned Disneyland concept Discovery Bay, which would have sat at the north end of the park's Rivers of America. So architecturally, designed using Jules Verne's vision of the future. Jules Verne is a French uh, writer that talks about science fiction stuff. Um, And this land is laid out very differently to its predecessors. But many of tomorrow's land's classics are featured in Discovery Land, such as Autopia, Orbitron, and some of the, and they are some more, but in altered ways, such as Space Mountain being one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, Its theme is steampunk, cloak punk, with elements of ray gun gothic. I have to say, I love that style steampunk. I, Me too. I love it. I wish I was a god and I would wear it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, both Walt Disney and Tony Baxter had a huge appreciation for Jules Verne, especially his book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's why there is so much dedicated to him and his vision of the future. But from conception, opening day to present day, a lot has changed in this land. So right now, we will talk about some concepts and rights that didn't succeed and talk about the most important changes that to this land. Then after, we will discuss why so much changed and why Discovery Land is probably the most important land in DLP historically. Okay, so there are some very goofy concepts and opening day attractions that we might have forgotten. Mm-hmm. So Videopolis uh, was supposed to be a teen dance club Uh, But it was scrapped because of the lack of interest. But when the park opened in 1992, they made a show on the Videopolis uh, Videopolis stage, or I I, I just say Hyperion stage, um, with dancing teenagers that was supposed to be teens dancing in the footsteps of Jules Verne. Oh my gosh. It doesn't make sense, people. And if you Google or YouTube the clips, you can see it. It's all there. It's all recorded. 
uh, and it's actually hilariously bad like wow. bad it's as 90s dance it's like soul train have you ever watched soul train i know what it is but i don't think so with yeah. kids just dressed up in normal 90s attire oh, and yeah, 90s yeah. yeah it's no it's just awful gosh but it's a good laugh for us today yeah. um did you know that Space Mountain was originally conceived as Discovery Mountain and it was originally proposed to hold more than one attraction, including a freefall ride based on Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is an amazing ride that is at Tokyo Disney Sea. But due to budget cuts, it opened in 1995 as Space Mountain, Tierra de la Lune, which is Earth to the Moon. Also, next to Space Mountain is the Noculus Lagoon, uh, with a walkthrough recreation of the Noculus submarine from 20,000 leagues under the sea, which we have till this day. One showcase attraction uh, on opening day was a Circle Vision 360 film titled Le Vision Le Visionarium. Okay, but Le, Vis Le Visionarium, that that's, sounds as weird grammar. Uh, okay, so that title does not work. That is clear. So good that it did not make that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was an opening day, but good that it didn't survive. The attraction featured an eccentric time-traveling robot and his robotic assistant who, take, who takes Jules Verne into the world of today, which is pictured as the future he dreamed of. The attraction was later exported to both the Magic Kingdom and to Tokyo Disneyland. So does this mean it still exists? I don't it, I don't think none of this exists. It's so again, wow. Google it, YouTube it, shitty, 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 very bad. Because oh. <laughs> basically it's just Jules Verne's in, in Disneyland just going like, oh wow, like this it, this is here. Like it was just mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. um <laughs> the decision that was taken around 2005 to remove attractions deemed unpopular from Discovery Land. The Visionarium therefore closed its doors and Buzz Lightyear's Laser Blast, an attraction uh, about the Toy Story sci-fi hero, as we all know, um, replaced it in 2006, um, as it was already quite popular in the other parks. So they just were like, you know what, let's just have it here too. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a result, the adjoining Constellation store saw its Leonardo da Vinci style decor replaced by the Pixar attraction decor. Mm -hmm. And the uncrowded Café de la Visionaire uh, also underwent various transformations. So first of all, it changed its name to Arcade Omega, which for a time being was a host to host video games. I remember. Um, but today it's now the annual passport's office while retaining its Venerian decor. Mm -hmm. The other big change was to redesign Space Mountain in a more modern way. The new version had to take travelers beyond the moon on a new adventure. Space Mountain Mission 2 opened in 2005. 2005? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And now we Just, have... Uh, 2017, yeah. 18 was when the... Of course. Hyperspace yeah. became a thing. God. Yeah, I didn't, go, <laughs> I didn't go in it until I was um, 19. Because I was afraid to go... Uh, Upside down. Upside down, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> um, nevertheless, ne nevertheless, nevertheless, these changes have created controversy, especially among fans, as this new Discovery Land, which has evolved with more modern Disney attractions, tends to erase the originality of the land compared to other Tomorrowlands. 
But with all this, we have forgotten why this big change to Space Mountain and all the other rides and attractions took, took place. The truth is that Disneyland Paris struggled very hard during its first few years to make money or even to attract interest. This is partially due to the global recession in the early 90s and a huge amount of un, 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 animosity, animosity. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Whoa, animosity of the French locals. It was so bad that in the op its opening year, 3,000 of its 12,000 guest members whoops, left due to poor working condition. Oh my gosh. The poor performance and financial issues, according to Eisner, the CEO who was the one who opened the park, was close to closing Euro Disney as they were failing to reach agreements with creditors on a rescue plan. Oh, damn. Gosh. Yes. Um, this is when Space Mountain comes in. <laughs> you see, Hi. Disney had kept one of their plans in their back pocket uh, in case they needed to invigorate interest in the land. But without knowing that, uh, this plan had to be good enough to invigorate the whole resort. Leisure, what do you think about DLP's struggle and its wanting to change attractions and lands? Gosh, um, of course, we are now 2021. So um, I always knew as a child that Disney was not making profits. They were actually mm -hmm. making loss. Is that how you say it in English? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I always knew they were doing bad. I think there are definitely attractions that could use a little bit of a extra sparkle or uh, could be changed. So I understand why they had to do it because Space Mountain is great. I do, I just, I just so they had the plan of Space Mountain. I'm wondering when Space Mountain was built in the other Wait. parks. In which parks? For example, Disney World, because I went to the, Space Mountain in Disney World, which doesn't go upside down at all. So it's a very different ride. Than yeah, so Paris. the one in Walt Disney World is basically almost not a copy, but pretty similar to the California one, which also is doesn't have doesn't do mega speed. It doesn't go upside no. down. It's more of just like a it's a very cute ride. And yeah, yeah. Then was this the first Space Mountain that actually went upside down and had the trail ride? Yes, and we're going to go to oh. that in a bit. But yeah, it's it's a very unique version of the ride. And that's probably one of the reasons why we come to in a bit uh, why it basically was so important. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree with you. I mean, as someone who's very new to the Disneyland Paris community compared to you, um, I also knew that Disneyland Paris had major struggles when it came to financial uh, issues and I think it was just a domino effect and it's something that I was researching when I was writing this um that from the beginning Disneyland Paris really struggled and I think it's also partially to do with the fact that European people did not give it a chance even though I personally feel like Disneyland Paris did also make big mistakes when it came to their rides and their lands they just didn't make attractions that were good enough that 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 were as as amazing as the ones that have in america and in tokyo which at the time were all the parks that they had in the world um but i think it didn't help the fact that there wasn't a lot of interest from local people to go uh there wasn't a lot of uh people from around europe that were willing to 
to go into the parks um and i think, I think also cultural wise right because i think in america where people were raised with disney as to we were raised with disney as well it's not our culture so i think people were craving for that thrill ride or that extra because if we go to disney yes. we don't even care so much about attractions yeah i think i think you have to also remember that before disney i mean disney was thinking about making a european park since 1985 um but at that time you have to remember before disneyland paris opened we had so many other parks in europe that were opening so we had um i keep forgetting all those parks but you know what i mean the mostly the german parks and of course asterisk and then all those other parks that basically ripped off a lot of rides. And you need to watch this YouTube um, video that basically talks about Disneyland Paris's relationship with other parks around Europe. Mm-hmm. And basically they ripped off every single ride you can imagine from Disneyland, original Disneyland. And so they had issues when they came to make an actual Disney park here um, that all the rides that it wanted to implement into the place they already had copycat versions in the other places, which, by the way, Disney actually sued them because, I mean, they were basically exactly, exactly like Gosh. the Disney versions, which is the reason why I think, I can't remember, I can't remember the name of the park in Germany. Fantasialand? Fantasialand. They I actually, know. they had they to have, redo a whole, many, have, many of the things. They have Big Thunder Mountain exactly the same. I've been, I was there two years ago. It's exactly the same, just without the mountain. But uh, they had to redo a lot of their rides and a lot of their lands because uh, when Disneyland Paris came along, they were like, oh shit. (laughs) The the OGs have come forward. But I think um, it it was a snowball effect. It was people not being interested from the locals and the Europeans. It was uh, not putting quality rides in there. And then opening Walt Disney Studios five years six years afterwards Mm -hmm. that also was uh, only had three attractions when it first opened and they were the worst ones (laughs) they were um carpets of um magic carpets the tram tour and i can't remember the third one but it wasn't good either so it was and also the whole reason that what what the studios opened was because they were contractually obligated to open a second park with the government and everything that they made there the reason why they made it into hollywood studios is because they couldn't afford to make sets so they had to make everything look fake purposely Mm -hmm. fake so they can make cheap props cheap things that looked really cheap and so when you got that it's just a spiral for disneyland paris unfortunately um but thankfully in the recent years they've been able to recover a lot of that and Mm -hmm. yeah yes hmm. uh anyway to continue hmm. <laughs> it's not the end <laughs> um so remember when i said space mountain was supposed to be discovery mountain mm-hmm. well uh this was an actual concept that imagineers and baxter had already planned out for discovery land so this was already they had all the plans ready for it they had everything because they were before they opened space mountain before they opened the park, they knew that they were going to make this uh, Discovery Mountain, um, but they were going to wait a little bit, like I said. Um, now imagine this, a steampunk mountain 
that it's so big it's twice the size of Magic Kingdom Space Mountain. And it isn't just a ride, but a huge pavilion with multiple attractions. And when you enter the mountain, you're transported into a place called Mysterious Island. It has a huge volcano in the middle and a lake surrounding it with the Noculus half peeking out of the water. The Noculus is a walkthrough ride attraction, just like our one that we have today. Um, and you could also experience how it feels to be on this submarine. Also a part of the ship, uh, you also have inside the lake as well, a beautiful decadent Victorian steampunk restaurant, um, which large glass ceilings, glass front domes, and it's completely submerged underwater. And basically you can see all the sea life passing by. The huge pavilion was also given direct access to Star Tours and what was then Captain EO. In addition, it also has Epcot's version of Horizons, which was also to be added. A drop tower ride based on the journey to the center of the earth as well in the middle and the train station for the railway. Now Space Mountain in the pavilion was as we now knew from the original version of Space Mountain was from Earth to the Moon um, and would take you on an amazing journey around the moon's surface. Now, similar to our present day version of the ride, guests are shot out of an ornate golden cannon, which is a direct reference to Verne's space gun, which is used to send people to the moon. Not only that, but non-riding park guests could also watch the inside of the ride. So people whizzing around on the ride from certain places that were called telescope points where you could see the stars and space from the windows and if you came to be um and if it was came if it was fulfilled (laughs) it would have been one of the most ambition ambitious engineering plans for Walt Disney to date what do you think of this original plan for Discoveryland in DLP I'm uh overwhelmed I uh I want a restaurant. <laughs> the restaurant sounds really, really cool. Gosh. Uh, you can find the concept art on the internet of what it was supposed to look like. And it looks absolutely amazing. Like it, it looks crazy. Like it looks like a steampunk dream. Jesus. Because when you enter it, it's supposed to look like you're in an entire different universe. Like absolutely stunning 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 well it sucks that it doesn't happen because i really like it what do you yeah for for me i think it brings the it makes the themes of discovery land make sense yeah and it was supposed to be the biggest object in the middle of this land and i think that's sometimes the problem with today's discovery land it kind of is a mishmash of different themes, different ideas mm-hmm. of things that were meant to be, things that were never never to be, and things that just had to be, right? Yeah. And so I think maybe that's one thing I wish Disneyland Paris in the future, if it decides to invest in it, is if they could find a way to make it all make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love that. True. Unfortunately, as you said before, DLP had zero money to even attempt half of that. You see, when they decided to use these plants, somehow they really needed help. In 1994, attendance was not even half of capacity. Wow, only imagine. Um, The hotels were so empty that they had to close some to save money. 
And the year before DLP reported a loss of $1 billion. As I said, Disney needed to get money from banks and investors, but on January 1st, 1994, Disney was threatening to call DLP bankrupt and also threatened to withdraw from its DLP subsidiary. They had $3.5 billion of debt. What the fuck? Luckily, a large bank and a very wealthy... Mm, Sudi Prince, yeah. No, I, yeah. Uh, invested in Euro Disney enough to stop it from being bankrupt. This was to give enough time for our amazing Imagineers to get to work. Clearly... They didn't have the money to build Discovery Mountain, but they instead took elements of the original concept to make something work for their, their low 90 million budget. Like a small version of the lake and a small version of the Nautilus that became the small walkthrough attraction you can see today in Discovery Land. And of course, Space Mountain was turned into a small indoor dark ride with the iconic Vern cannon outside. Disneyland Paris Space Mountain is so beautiful and unique, not only because it has a detailed exterior and canon, but also because it was one of the first rides with on-vehicle sound and, um, sorry, an inverted track and one of the fastest speeds of the Space Mountain rides. It was and still is extremely impressive and for 1995 when it opened was a hit in rides technology. According to the Disney annual report, the new Space Mountain ride was going to rescue the park. And it was a success. It surpassed every expectations with raving reviews, even from the French public that had been so critical of Disney from the beginning. Attendance skyrocketed, and only a year after opening the ride, the newly named Disneyland Paris earned its first quarterly profits. However... Even though the CEO of the Walt Disney Company thanked the Imagineers for saving Disneyland Paris, it was only a small win for decades of problems for DLP. <coughs> Walt Disney Studios cough. Uh, so, my friend, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the turbulent history of Discoveryland? Um, I, um, I didn't know it was so complex, first of all. I do think to this day... I like Discoveryland, but like you said, it does not may always make sense because I really love the steampunk theme and that that little area where you have Space Mountain and then you go down in the um, the submarine. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love that. I think it's so retro, so vintage. I wish they would have kept Captain EO because I love because um, really... filler magic does not make sense there too. Oh, that is that is stupid. I'm sorry, it's not. I don't, I don't like it at all. Um, I love that it's becoming more of a Star Wars-themed version, but I do wonder when there's going to be a new park regarding Star Wars, what is happening to Discovery that, Yeah. Um, I don't want to... I mean, I, I, I can't believe that Space Mountain would have rescued Disneyland Paris. I think the investments would have created buzz in general and people became to start appreciate Disney more, more and more. So thank God for that Prince. Cause um, yeah. Well, the thing is it was, it was a loan. It wasn't really an investment. Okay. So it was a loan enough for them to make this ride mm -hmm. because otherwise it would have been completely tanked. Like the entire park would have been closed. So it really isn't much more of an investment because people were pulling out of Disney at this point. 
yeah it was much with for for uh, sidetrack but for for dlp because it was a combination of the government and design paris a disney company owning this they had a subsidiary company called euro disney something something i can't remember the name of it and basically they made a company just about disney paris Mm-hmm. And Disney was was talking about completely pulling out of it, like completely re- withdrawing the Disney name because Disney, Disneyland Paris at the time was paying was giving money to Disney for the licenses of using all the characters and using everything. Hmm. So the Saudi prince didn't really invest invest. It was just giving a loan with zero interest for about a year. Okay. Until they were able to gather enough money to stay afloat crazy yeah it's 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 crazy and i think this is like i said this is just the beginning when we talk about the overall history of Disneyland paris uh this is literally the beginning of i mean this is only wait four years of Disneyland paris history that we've gone through gosh yeah i think if people would only know how much history there actually is hmm i mean there would probably be even more um appreciation or something i would say if you're really interested in learning about how this happened and how disneyland paris has been struggling there's amazing youtube pay uh, account that's called dysfunctaland and they talk about all the failures and all the problems that disneyland paris has had to go through and all the things that they managed to to do to actually like save itself so that's also a good way to find out information if you wish to know the entire story Gosh, good to know. What yes. is it, man? Yeah. yeah, it's quite a deep and uh, I don't know. It's like it makes me appreciate the the new Disneyland Paris because what we have today is like not at all anything like the one that was what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I do definitely appreciate how much uh, Disneyland Paris is willing to change and evolve grow yeah exactly so definitely very curious for the future very curious what's gonna yes. happen with all the new parts and yeah which is only a couple of years away seriously marvel land and all those things are up to i think three four years away so definitely we're, we're going on to some time where design paris is investing in itself and that's a good thing mm-hmm well that's it for the episode uh, stay tuned till our next dlp history episode which is all be about adventureland don't forget to like and share this episode and the podcast have a beautiful day <laughs> <laughs>